I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing pretty good. Yourself? Not too bad. Just hanging out. Awesome. Chatting away. It's what we do. It is what it is when we do what we do. Do the best we can. Where are we going today? We are going all over the world today. But we can start here in California, where we just had some local and statewide elections. Did you say local or loco? <laughs> Both, technically. A local for our jurisdiction, we had some county supervisor type of school board thing. What would that be? The superintendent of schools. We had our, so our jurisdiction has changed for our address for the House of Representatives. And we had a runoff for the seat that is currently vacated by Devin Nunes and then a new election, well, primary election for the seat that will be open in, I believe they swear in something like January 3rd. So we had to pick our our primary runners, depending on uh, who you wanted. Well, it was like taking a test in school, right? I just picked C on all of them. You picked C, but C wasn't a, an answer. There was a bunch of bubbles oh. to fill in with some random people from governor on down. I just put my uh, ballot up on a dartboard and threw darts at it, and whatever bubble it hit, that's who I voted for. Well, that makes sense. It kind of feels like that's what we get. Sometimes that is what we get as we're voting for something that we think we're getting, and then the end result is we're not getting it. Right. In California, we have a system where the top two advance, so it doesn't always matter if they're Republican or Democrat. So usually in, not usually, in some other jurisdictions, what will happen is all of the Democrats get together and vote for who they want. All of the Republicans get together vote for who they want, and then that top Republican, that top Democrat will run against each other. In California, they do a top two. So all of the Republicans and all of the Democrats for a jurisdiction run against each other, say for governor or for the Senate. And then whoever the top two are, that's who, who runs off. And we typically in California do not see Republicans in those top spots. No, we don't. We generally don't see people who would really be qualified. We see folks who have the most money. That too. That too. Even our our current governor, he is in the top spot, but he also is a multimillionaire related to other multimillionaires. So we pretty much just get money running. Absolutely. And that other multimillionaire is very, very good at what she does, which is picking stocks. For the family? Well, she's not good at it. Her husband's good at it. And apparently they never talk. So he is just really good at it. Well, I stand corrected. So he can do like the Vulcan mind meld and he just listens to what her brain is saying. And then he goes and makes the stock choices. Wow. Yeah, he's really good. He's he's made millions and millions off those stock trades. He's made a lot of money off of having specific land that happens to be in the right area 
and uh, then the the state or the feds make a certain decision that makes that land worth a lot of money. So, I mean, he's really good. Oh, that sounds like a former senator in Nevada, Harry Reid. Same scenario. Bought a piece of property to nowhere, and then conveniently, the federal government decided to put a bridge on it. He sold it for some big bucks. Oh, how how very convenient for him. No such thing as insider information, though. No, not when it comes to certain people. Although they will arrest, uh, what was he, a three- or four-star general for being um, trading in secrets, potentially, or uh, not being the correctly registered agent. It just hit the news not that long ago, and now I can't remember his name. But they arrested, uh, or they didn't arrest, they issued search warrants. Well, they eliminated his name out of your brain to protect the innocent, so you're okay. Right. Happens to me quite often now. But yeah, I guess uh, Chesa Bowden, though, didn't really sit right with voters, so Chesa Bowden has been recalled out in San Francisco, and I didn't hear how the other recall effort went down in L.A., did you? Mr. Gascon? With Mr. Gascon? I have not heard yet. Okay, so we're we're waiting on that one, but I guess Chesa Bowden is out. But so far, if jumping back to Gascon, it looks like he was trying to claim that what he's doing has the support of the sheriff, and the sheriff is saying, no, no, you don't have my support. There was a hit and run for a mom who was walking her eight-month-old baby and a teenager, which we talked about on last week's episode, tried to mow her down intentionally and the baby. More information has come to light, which is, The juvenile was 16. The juvenile has a record. The juvenile was on probation. The juvenile was on probation for attempting to poison a classmate. Said classmate was hospitalized. So the the juvenile was in a stolen vehicle as well when they tried to mow down a mom and baby. And Gascon's response was to give the minimal amount of time, not charge anything that would potentially put a strike on the juvenile, and then said, say that he had the support of the sheriff's office. So Gascon has come out and said that he may have misspoke and he does not have and did not have the support of the sheriff. And the truth comes out. So there was a report. Mr. Gascon has been warned by some L.A. County officials, that he's next. As far as like a recall? Recall, he is next. After, okay. After what happened to the DA up in the Bay Area. That must be another recall, because I, I believe that they've been going after him for quite some time, and I guess he still has support probably because there's enough Democrats who believe that he's doing the right thing by letting criminals out, and I guess they just don't mind their streets being overrun with criminal activity and in fact aren't they the ones saying that you should just not go out and it's your fault if you become the victim of a crime yes well here you go la sheriff says george gascon recall election on pace to happen the county has had enough good he needs to go and this isn't this isn't like okay you either have to be hardcore throw everybody in prison or you have to be lightweight and it's unfair if you put anybody in prison. You have to 
give the correct sentence to the correct person at the correct time. What's that saying? That the punishment should fit the crime or must fit the crime? Right. So you don't want to go hardcore and say that everybody needs to be treated exactly the same way because there are usually little nuances in the, the crimes themselves. So it needs to be the right punishment for the right person. Somebody may turn their life around after committing one crime and they will never do it again. Maybe they thought that they could do a pickpocket or or steal out of a store and they thought, hey, I can do this. And then they realize, you know what, this isn't worth it and turn their life around. So you don't want to say, okay, that's it. Everybody who steals once from a store is going to get 20 years in prison. That wouldn't really fit the crime. But if it's the person's hundredth time getting caught and arrested maybe there's just there is a point where like this isn't turning around so you do have to weigh what is working and what is not yes so that's why we need real experts to make real decisions and not elected non-experts making the decisions right and he's a prosecutor so arguably he should know his craft but simply not prosecuting or not holding people accountable is also not working well see he uses and understands his craft and that's let me back up he does know his craft he knows how to use it and he's using it exactly the way his own personal belief system feels so if he was actually following what he learned and following the law the punishments would be a little more severe So let's look at that real quick, because now more than 400,000 voters have signed a Los Angeles County petition calling for his recall. The petition is required to have 566,857 votes by July or signatures by July 6th in order to get the recall question on the November ballot. Under Gascon's soft on crime policies, the county has seen a drastic increase in crime, including the following home robberies, smash and grabs, homelessness, and homicide. So since he took office in 2020, he's seen a 34% increase in homicide, 15.5% in violent crime, 67 in property crimes, and 67% in shooting victims. So you would think that he would stop and rethink what he's doing. Well, he'll just say that the pandemic caused people to change, not his policies. Right. And they'll find some way to swing that his policies are actually working. And they are not. No, but it's mean to punish people for for the crimes that they commit because it's not really their fault. No, it's the people that wear fancy jewelry and drive nice cars that get robbed. It's their fault. Yes, because they had the audacity to drive fancy cars and wear nice jewelry. Yes, the American dream. So here in California, there is actually a top Democrat or a California Democrat who has pushed to ease sex offender requirements for sodomy with minors so he's been pushing saying that it is anti-gay that's where the law came from is having sex with minors is the sodomy portion is an anti-gay law so apparently he has now suggested that they should add drag queen 101 to school curriculum starting kinder to high school So they just say that offering Drag Queen 101 as a part of the K-12 curriculum, attending a Drag Queen story time, and this is what a child will have to do in order to satisfy the requirements of passing school. 
So why don't they look at that? And if they need to put something like that in school, why don't they bring it in around the high school or maybe junior high time when there's things called elective classes and the parents can speak with their kids about potential elective classes and then they can take one of those then if that's what they want to do, not be forced into that kind of curriculum? Well, it's, it's interesting because I do know some parents who have said, I've taken my kids to drag queen story time and it's totally fine. And then you see some of the videos, though, that are going around and, and some are just like in a library. A person wearing drag is reading a storybook. Kids listen to storybook. Story time ends. Kids go home. But lately, what we've been seeing for drag queen story time or drag queen hour is provocatively dressed individuals who they would be violating the school dress code by wearing what they're wearing. And in some cases, they are on school campuses. So provocatively dressed individuals who are dancing very suggestively in front of minors, then encouraging said minors to dance as well, and then dollar bills getting passed around to the individuals participating. Does that sound like an appropriate story time or an appropriate drag queen hour for under 18s? No, it sounds like a militant portion of the group has gotten too much airtime and they need to uh, slow that down. Right. So, and I've seen videos, numerous videos of that happening with minors and I'm wondering, okay, so do we think that going to a, a stripper show or a stripper bar is strip appropriate? Club. A strip club is appropriate for someone under 18? Is that what we're saying now that we want kids to be sexualized to the point that children are going to strip clubs? Well, it seems to be, and that seems to be what they tried to do with the curriculum there in Florida as well. It, it just it baffles me that some would suggest that that is an appropriate uh, avenue for children. It is not. Have you looked at the headline that there was an attempt on uh, Justice Kavanaugh's life, or there was an assassination attempt, as they would call it? Yes, I did hear that there was an assassination attempt on Justice Kavanaugh. I don't find it that surprising because there has been a lot of rhetoric out there that has suggested that the Supreme Court justices with whom some disagree should be taken out. So I guess somebody just took them at their word and has uh, made an attempt. Well, so apparently now that the newly released 911 tapes have been heard, there's a little bit of a twist to it. Oh, there's a twist, is there? Yeah, so newly released 911 tapes show the suspect in the alleged plot to murder Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh giving up on his plan near the home, admitting to an operator that he needs psychiatric help. Oh, wow. Well, he was from California, so... No, I didn't know. I thought he got caught, not that he turned himself in. So I wonder how far he would have gotten if he hadn't had some sort of mental epiphany that he shouldn't be doing that. Well, it's interesting everything he was carrying. So I think he might have been a little bit out there because he had a gun, ammo, a knife, pepper spray, a screwdriver, zip ties, and other gear when he was arrested by Montgomery County Police Department officers. And what is interesting is Brett Kavanaugh's address became known because they doxed him and other justices um, a few weeks ago. So this individual who came with whatever gear that you just mentioned 
uh, had Brett Kavanaugh's address pretty handily because of what some leftist-leaning individuals have done, which is to dox the Supreme Court justices. And not all of them, mind you, only the ones that they considered likely to vote a certain way got their addresses right so they could harass them and change their help change their vote or their opinion on their future vote or voting and i do believe i don't know the code number but i think it's against the law to protest harass and threaten judges in america it is it's actually illegal and i can't remember the u.s code right now off the top of my head but it is illegal to attempt to picket a judge to sway their opinion, which is what these individuals have specifically said that they are trying to do, picket to change the opinion and harass them into not making an opinion that they would otherwise make. 18 U.S. Code 1507, picketing or parading is what it's under. Whomever with the intent of interfering with, obstructing, or impeding the administration of justice or with the intent of influencing any judge, juror, witness, or court officer in the discharge of his duties, pickets or parades in or near a building housing a court of the United States or in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer, or with such intent uses any soundtrack or similar device or resorts to any other demonstration in or near any such building or residence shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year or both. So then it's perfectly legal to protest outside their homes and give away their addresses. And uh, attempt to sway their opinions. No, no one has been picked up or charged with it either. Hey, I have an epiphany. What's your epiphany? You want to sway their opinion? Convince them that what you're doing is correct and what their thought process is is incorrect. But for some, I just don't think that that is possible, both on the right and on the left. And if you look at our newly appointed Supreme Court Justice, Katanji Brown-Jackson, She was seen applauding the New Zealand Prime Minister's speech regarding the assault weapons ban in New Zealand. So this commencement speech was given at Harvard University and Katanji Brown-Jackson was there listening and a part of it. And she was seen applauding when the speaker said that there should be a ban or how they handled their ban. I wonder what the population is in New Zealand Versus the population here in America, for one thing. Second is, they're not a representative republic. Five million. Five million. We have 330-some million. We have more guns in California probably than they have citizens in all of their country. And again, you and I have talked about this on several podcasts. It's not about the guns. It's not about the ammunition. It's about the mindset of the individual and what's taking place within a city, county, state, or within the country at the time which causes people to tip off the deep end. Just like one of our local representatives, well, he's not local, he's from Florida, made a statement the other night that, unfortunately, this is probably going to happen more often than not, especially with Kavanaugh. There's so many people in America, it only takes one to listen to this rhetoric from some of these hardcore leftists or hardcore righties. 
that say, hey, we need to make a change. We need to go do this now. And a person that may have some type of mental issue says, oh, my God, yes, I've got to go be the one that makes that change. Yeah. And one of the things that I've thought about is, okay, let's say we do decide to have the 28th Amendment and the 28th Amendment essentially cancels out the Second Amendment because that's what would arguably need to happen in order for guns not to be a constitutional right anymore. You'd have to have a constitutional amendment take away that right but let's start if we want to do that if society says this is our time we're going to have amendment number 28 and we're going to take away the second amendment let's start with the criminals because a lot of times we hear about gun buybacks gun bans stuff like that but where is it that we are going to take the guns away from the criminals what is the plan to do that so let's do this in three tiers first you take away the guns from the criminals Give us a plan. How are you going to round them up? How are you going to do it? Get it done. Okay. Second then would be your buybacks from lawful citizens. You're no longer selling to citizens. And then you get those off. And then the third thing that they would likely do is all of our representatives that are uh, secured by guns or police officers that have guns, we would have to start taking those away. I mean, if we really don't want guns and weaponry, There would be a specific subset of people that would likely still have guns, but then the vast majority of people, even police officers and whatnot, would be giving theirs up. Do you see our representatives from president to, you know, insert cabinet member here, do you see them no longer being protected by guns? No, zero chance. So really we're saying that our representatives will hold a higher place in our society because they will be the most protected and then everybody else should be giving up their rights and hope that everybody the the rest of society doesn't take up any illegal arms that's how this works in communist countries the top one percent are the haves the other 99 percent are the have-nots yeah we're definitely not in the the haves category nope So we have taken away, it seems like we've taken away our responsibility to protect ourselves too. So people have said, give up guns, or I don't have guns because we have police officers. So we've kind of put the onus of protecting oneself on another member of society. And then we'll have a police force, but generally there's, you know, one officer for so many thousands of people. So in taking away our own responsibility... Should we or should we not be surprised that somebody isn't there to rescue us immediately upon needing rescue, whether that's an active shooter situation, domestic violence situation, or just any other situation altogether? We no longer wish to take care of ourselves. Do you think that that has something to do with it? Absolutely. So I believe you are correct. Let's just use Fresno County as an example. The population in Fresno County is 990,000 people. How many sheriffs do you think there are? A hundred? A thousand? We're going to look at it right now. One sec. Or deputies, I should say. Uh, Fresno County Sheriff has 1,300 employees at the agency. But that's from the inmates or the deputies that work with inmates. That's all of them. So like you said, though, if you did the math, it's a very small percentage of protection. And generally, unless they're within 
a minute or two response time. Generally, they're there to clean up the mess. Yeah. So this says that there are approximately 1,300 employees at the agency who are dedicated to providing professional and law enforcement services to the citizens of Fresno County. Now, mind you, the cities themselves can also have their own police force, so it just depends on exactly where you live and who would be over your particular area. So if you're in the city of Fresno, you would call the Fresno City Police Department. If you're in the city of Clovis, you would have the Clovis Police Department. But if you're in the county, you would end up having, that does not have service by a city policing program, you would end up calling the Fresno County Police. 990,000 people divided by 1,300, about 0.761. So there's going to be 700 and almost 62, so 762 people for every one Fresno County Sheriff. And granted, or mind you, county is separated by a lot of land. So one of those officers could be covering, you know, 100 square miles. Or more. Or more. Depending on, yes, depending on what their particular area of responsibility is. Yes. And I don't see on Fresno City website how many officers there are, but there would be a number who would. Okay, in... Let's see, 2005, the department had 807 sworn officers, so that's even less than the county. You know, some of those are working up at the local lakes on boats. Some of them are doing guard duty. So it's there's not a lot of protection out there, not as much as you would think. And I'm sure there's probably a formula that they want, officers per capita, but there's probably not enough money, not enough funding. So let's just look at the city of Fresno on its own. There's 546,770, according to the last uh, census, with 807 officers. That's assuming every one of them would be working at one time, which, of course, they're not. They have patrols. They have certain shifts. They do specialty jobs, as you noted. But that would be 678 people per every one officer. But that again, that's not on a given shift. That is all together. So needless to say, if they had to respond to two people at once, three people at once, that one officer is going to have to pick and choose who they are going to respond to. And if there is a big event, they will all be responding, not every single one of them, but a lot of them will be responding to that big event. So then everybody else in the city now has less officers to respond to their need of whatever is going on so we've taken our own responsibility and put it on somebody else and then we are upset when they don't do what we want them to do exactly when we want them to do it exactly what i was just thinking you throw another here's a big small word small big word caveat you throw a caveat into the mix that a lot of counties are defunding their police they don't want their police responding or they have DAs like the one in SoCal and the one that was just defunded <laughs> per se. And then it makes it even harder for officers to patrol. Right. So, uh, and tying their hands isn't helping telling them that they can't actually arrest people or they can't try to do some better community-based policing. It's not helpful to allow people 
to continue to do wrong things towards others and then say, oh, but it's, we couldn't have foreseen that the person would keep escalating their crime spree. Yes, you could have. When the person isn't stopped and you can see escalation and you still aren't stopping them, yes, it was foreseeable. It was a foreseeable event. And this young kid, he's an adult, he was 18, uh, out in Texas, had interactions with the police, had fights, was known to go to the park and try to get people to fight him, had other kids who knew that something was wrong with him, and he, again, with those police interactions, still didn't get stopped, didn't get any help. And one of the things we seem to not be talking about is mental health, help, you know, health care and help. Okay, so if we say that we want something more than just a police force responding, why aren't we having better mental health care? You defunded the police, but you didn't fund mental health care with that money that you took away. No, it went in somebody else's coffers. I know what's coming out of my coffers, and that's Biden's inflation right now it's not biden's fault nothing's his fault he's just so perfect and it's evil republican and putin's fault you're right because biden has actually said that putin's tax on both food and gas is to blame for our record high inflation even though at one point they said we get less than eight percent of our gas from putin so we'll be just fine yes he said he's never seen anything like putin's tax on both food and gas it's at a four-decade high right now of 8.6%. That's why they can't fix it, because they won't admit that they created it. They being the guys that create the problem and then say they're the solution. Right. So if you won't say that you have any part of it, and it was none of your policies, it wasn't any of your executive orders that canned being able to do anything except green energy. And he is even put out the defense production act recently to force more solar to be made and still not admitting to any of the gas problems calls it transitory inflation and then he also says that it wasn't um oh what how did he term it he said that it was basically something that we need to stomach in order to get over this hurdle of natural gas usage and oil usage and get to green energy so we just it's a great thing because we're getting over this dependency on foreign oil or not foreign oil oil in general and we're going to go to solar and wind energy and somehow we're just going to have enough so we just have to buckle down and put up with it until we can get to this new utopia that we're going to have by forced solar production yeah our new utopia is not buying or not um, pumping oil out of our own country but buying it from third world communist countries little dictatorships yeah relying on foreign oil again i wonder if he's invested there or if his son is invested oh, there somebody in their family probably has oil futures or something from other countries it's interesting though and i believe we might have talked about this last week you did how much pollution pumps out of an oil tanker when it's cruising up the coastline it's eight thousand It uses 8,000 gallons an hour in fuel burn to travel. And I believe it was about just as much tonnage in uh, greenhouse gases. Yeah, but we don't want to have an oil pipeline because it's not nice. 
I bet you it's nice to them deer, elk, and antelope when they get to lay up against that nice warm oil flow in the wintertime when it's 60 below. They can stay warm. Just saying. So going back to judges, there was an individual who was accused of shooting and killing a retired judge before he turned the gun on himself. Apparently he had a a hit list, which included Gretchen Whitmer and Republican Senator Mitch McConnell. The individual entered the home of the retired judge apparently around 6.30 in the morning. The deputies received a call notifying law enforcement of an armed person and two shots fired inside the home. The shooter had interactions with the judge in the past but only ended up killing the judge and then himself. Or he's on life support. I'm not sure if he's died. But he shot himself and didn't carry out anyone, any other hit on his hit list. Uh, it was a one-hit hit list. Apparently, it was a one-hit hit list. Wow. Messy stuff going on. There's some pretty crazy things going on out Glad there. Glad I'm not a judge. Is there any more COVID in the U.S.? It kind of exists, but every so often we'll hear about monkeypox instead of COVID. But they say it exists. They're... The U.S. government is still fighting to reinstate the mask mandate on uh, on planes and in train stations and bus stations. So they're still claiming that there is a need, but they don't seem to be talking about it as much. Well, there's two variants in the U.S. right now. is Omicron BA4 and 5. And Omicron is rifling through our favorite country of North Korea right now. They were a 100% unvaccinated country, except for the leadership. And they've now found out, they being South Korea, that China has been pushing in Sinovac, which is their version of a vaccine. They're trying to get people their shots as quickly as possible because the word through the grapevine over there is that tens of thousands of North Koreans are dying right now. Oh, wow. And like all of the issues that happen with these comorbidities, as we learned a new name the last couple, three years, their issues are chronic food shortages. They've had famine since the 1990s. Fruits, vegetables, and meat is in short supply, and it's actually a luxury to have those staples. Oh, absolutely. I've actually read quite a number of books on North Koreans who have escaped North Korea And in one of them, this individual stated that they had crossed the border into China and they were trying to find a place to hide before continuing on. And they went into sort of a barn to hide out and there was rice. And if like, I believe it was rice and meat in a bowl on the ground. And so they were trying to decide if the Chinese individuals knew that North Koreans were escaping and set out food for them to eat. And shortly after that, they realized that um, it was for animals because these dogs came in looking for their food dishes. And the person realized again that the dogs ate better than North Koreans because even though rice is typically a staple They had a hard time getting enough of it, and meats were definitely, as you said, just not happening for most people. 
So it was at that point that the person who had been brainwashed for years that it was the best country ever and their leadership was amazing that dogs in China ate better than North Koreans. That's a sad state of affairs and it's sad because other countries send them billions in aid and they spend it on their nuclear weapons programs and on their top 1% of elitist while hospitals are having to wash syringes and disinfect them and reuse them because they don't have hospital supplies. They have no medicine. And from what South Korean um, undercover operatives have learned is that uh, diarrhea alone kills thousands of children every year in North Korea. Yes. Yeah. You will. You also have to not care about your fellow North Korean when you're there. Because if you try to give them your food, you will starve. If you try to take care of them, that means that you will not have enough to take care of yourself. So if you only have enough for one person to eat and you split it in half for two people to eat, you will both starve and die. So if it's just enough for one person, you have to look the other way and not care about your fellow man or else you're both just going to die. That was another thing that has come out of North Korea is that a teacher, when the famine started hitting, was trying to split up the children's lunches between them, and parents complained that their child needed to get the food that was being sent, not any other child. And over time, the children just began dying off because their families didn't have enough food. So through study on this omicron variant so it has a half-life cycle when it's aerosolized of one to three hours so if it's floating through the air that's the life cycle one to three hours and the chinese along the border of north korea are so concerned even though it has such a small aerosolized half-life that they've told their citizens that if the wind is blowing in a southerly direction do not open their windows do not go outside I found that to be quite interesting. Well, then what have they created that they know that we don't know? Absolutely. So the cases right now in one part of China is 2,101,049 confirmed cases with 14,615 deaths. No, that can't happen because China told us that they had it all completely under control and the way that America did it was wrong. So that that can't be the case. Well, their country is 89% fully vaccinated and they've given out three and a half billion doses of their Sinovac to their citizens and they're still getting it and they're still dying. What did they create? Yes. They they released a monster. What's a Neanderthal? Answer your own question. I gotta rude. answer my own question. Rude. Dude? Rude dude. Well, Neanderthals were way back in the day, yeah. Yes. Thousands upon thousands of years ago. Do you realize that there is still a Neanderthal gene in people around the world? I believe I have it. Well <laughs> <laughs> they uh, a country just did a study. And they believe that there has been up to one million excess deaths due to COVID because of the LZTFL1 gene. So my people are dying? So Bangladesh has the highest number of people with that gene. There's roughly 62% of Bangladesh 
have it from one parent or the other, and then eighteen percent have it from both. Africa has zero. So are the Bangladeshis dying at a higher rate? Yes, there's been more deaths there just because of the Neanderthal gene in them. That's crazy. Yes, they did a study of 3,199 people out of a population of 897488. And it's very interesting doing the, the whole genome study. Uh, the genetic genome makeup to create a human is 3.1 billion letters. And if you climb into the Neanderthal, if you go to, I believe it's letter 897,488. No, no, no. Wrong number. I've got my numbers skewed here in the wrong spot. But anyway, right here. If you go to position 45,818,159 on chromosome number three, if the letter is a G, you're at low risk for dying of covid if your letter is A, you're at a twice, two-time chance of dying of COVID. Huh. This uh, is a phenomenal study. That's kind of weird. It almost sounds a little planned. Yes, and there's actually a library that you can go look at these books and look at all of the chromosomes. It can't be a library inside of the United States because they won't let us... No, it's Look at these things. over, I believe, in Europe, England. Oh, do they want more of the truth there? Yeah, it's all That's life. Weird. It's very, very interesting. That's so weird. Yes, it is. So do you think that we can affect climate, our climate, and cause climate change? Absolutely. So do you know that we have a climate czar? Don't know who it is, but yes, I did. John Kerry. So John Kerry is our, our essential climate czar. He's not technically a cabinet appointment, but he goes around talking. He jets around Thank the world. you for bringing his name up because I wanted to talk to you about that, him, and something else, and you just brought it to light. Sorry, all of this uh, Neanderthal talk just uh, reminded me of John Kerry. So That's good. <laughs> So we have an individual who, for the Biden administration, goes around and talks about climate change. And I just find it rather interesting that he jets everywhere to talk about climate change and that they won't release his financials, not his personal financials, his financials for his office. And what he does, they're, they're keeping it under wraps. There's been FOIAs and they won't release it. But that's a side issue. But he most recently began speaking to the BBC and wanted to talk about what needed to happen for um, changing the change that we're causing to the climate, for helping to affect good change. And so he said that we should reduce our reliance on coal. He's talked about some of the countries that have not lived up to the promises that they made at the COP26 climate summit that they had recently held. It was uh, last year in Glasgow. We previously talked about that on this podcast that there was a bunch of people who jetted in from all over the world to talk about climate change. But again, not the issue. 
Most recently, what John Kerry has said is that the war in Ukraine must not be used as an excuse to prolong global reliance on coal. That the Ukraine still needs to fight climate change and lessen their reliance on coal, as do other countries, while fighting the war against Russia. Really? Yes. Wow. He is more concerned with, and, and don't get me wrong, what we do to this climate, or what we do to, to our world is very important, and I would hope that we could settle it in some other way besides war, and that we could stop this war that Russia started, but it is just quite interesting that John Kerry would focus on how the world isn't moving fast enough, including Ukraine, to stop climate change. How dare them? They need to get on board and get on board quick. What you reminded me of with John Kerry, and I believe he's the individual that did it during the Trump administration. So I was thinking about January 6th and these future sedition charges and whatever this committee is claiming a handful of Trump supporters did. I believe Mr. Kerry went to Iran while Trump was president and getting us out of that nuclear deal with them because we do not want them owning a nuke. And John Kerry was backdooring backdooring meetings, telling them to just hold tight that uh, Trump would not be in office forever, and then they could rework the deal. Isn't that something very similar to the January 6th people? Just hold tight. There's a way we can rework the deal? Yes, that we can go back and we can let you have your money back and we can let you build a nuke while we have a U.S. president and his State Department and his advisors advising Iran that, no, you will not build a nuke. No, you will not get this money. And we have a U.S. citizen that's going over there in his own capacity. Isn't that why we had an impeachment of Trump, yes. actually, with Ukraine? Is that he said Trump told the Zelensky hey, uh, Biden is kind of a bad dude, and his son is too. You might want to look into what they did. Correct. And there was a sitting president who was using his position to get a U.S. citizen investigated, even though it is true that Hunter Biden was doing things that he should have been investigated for. And, in fact, Joe Biden withheld money from Ukraine and got a prosecutor fired so that way he his son couldn't be investigated. It's just kind of all interesting how one side can do it and the other side can't. Correct. My point exactly. Hey, question on the lettering and the genome sequencing. Do you think uh, any scientists have built a human yet? We wouldn't know about it if they had. I think that that's still a little far off, but I wouldn't be surprised. We do have clones out there, but they still have to be gestated from, they they take certain DNA and they, they do work with the DNA and then they do allow women to get pregnant with the altered DNA. Yes. We're going to see some weird stuff here pretty soon or at some point in the future. So going back to climate and what we're doing to try and make the world work without oil and and gas so there is 
a country, Japan, who has been working to prototype a it's it's a two counter rotating turbine fan that connects that is connected by a massive fuselage which allows this heavy machinery to be put I don't want to say on the ocean floor but in the ocean and it uses the ocean itself to generate electricity I don't know if you've heard about this so it's, I have. it is a giant turbine that generates electricity using the deep ocean currents. And this is in response to the Fukushima nuclear plant meltdown of 2011. They wanted to have a better system in place. So there is a company that made this turbine to hopefully generate ele- enough electricity from the ocean current movements and send it to land. And I think that that sounds amazing. It'll be interesting to see how it ends up turning out. But as a side thing, there is so much of the ocean that is unexplored. 95%. So what are we going to do to the ocean with this turbine that we don't know what we don't know? We'll know in about 10 years after it's in place. But at least they're making an attempt to make a change. That is true, that they are making an attempt to make a change. So that would, it's funny, I kind, not with the meltdown, obviously, the, the tsunami, the earthquake tsunami and all of that that ended up taking out Fukushima was terrible. But I do wonder why nuclear isn't considered more of green energy. Like when we talk about green energy, we usually refer to solar and wind and not so much on nuclear. Is it because when there's a catastrophe, it it just goes badly wrong. Potentially. So I want to roll back like you just rolled back just one inch back to COVID. So do you know that Japan only had 30,000 deaths, 31,000 out of 9 million people or 9 million cases? No, I, I didn't know what their numbers were. So you know what the Neanderthal gene is in their country? Is it like... Zero. Okay, so so then that means that people can still get sick and die, but this is one component that can say that you're even more likely to get sick and die if you have this gene. Yes, because they looked at North America as well, and they're looking at 9% of folks have the Neanderthal gene in North America, and those are those folks that came down potentially from Alaska, from Russia over the ice and down. And then from the south up. So it's a very small percentage here, and I think it's like 14% in Europe. It's just an, it, it was a great study. It's a, it's a very, very useful tool to look at. It does sound very interesting, and, and I would like to look into it further, and I find it nice that knowledge is being shared out there and that the more access that we could have to different pieces of knowledge is phenomenal because then somebody else can look at it and hypothesize and come up with more, you know, potential for more knowledge to be shared and learned and gleaned later. So I really do like that. And it's from one of my favorite YouTube podcasters, Dr. John over in England. He breaks stuff down into palatable pieces so you can actually understand the science. That's nice. That is, uh, He is great. He is great to listen to. So let's segue into election fraud. 
what? There's fraud in elections? We would like to believe that there is not. I know we touched on January 6th. The whole part of the idea behind January 6th was that there was election fraud, that the government wasn't taking it seriously enough or handling it. And the thought process was that Trump would have won but for the election fraud. At least that was true for some who came on January 6th. And they went to Trump's rally, which was dubbed the Stop the Steal rally. So that was kind of their their line was that there was voter fraud. A lot of what we heard out there, though, that there was no... First, it was that there was no voter fraud. Then it turned into there was no widespread voter fraud. But we never got the definition of what widespread voter fraud was. We had a bunch of different looks in different cities and counties and states and it looked different the fraud looked different for depending on the area so with that in mind a former u.s congressman from pennsylvania has actually just pled guilty to several election fraud charges this included bribery and falsification of voting records So the former rep was a Democrat from Pennsylvania. His name was Michael Myers. He admitted to bribing an election judge in Philadelphia and to illegally adding votes to certain individuals, including candidates for federal and state offices. And so they were both, this judge and this former rep were both Democrats who supported fellow Democratic candidates and the, um, there was kind of a pay-for-play uh, payments made by the candidates by cash or check, and they would send it to the rep or the former rep and then to the judge. And so there were charges for this. And so it wasn't just this one. There was also an individual out in Arizona, same thing, that she was a pay-for-play. And there was a lady in Texas. She was a pay-for-play the lady in Texas that I believe she pled guilty, she would do anyone, anyone with money. It was Democrat, Republican, did not matter. And it appeared that she she did both sides. So she was just all about the money. We just had another one in Southern California for a local election that the judge actually ordered the, the second place winner to be certified and sworn in for the local board because the first place winner had also... Uh, cheated and so it's just kind of interesting that these these individuals are getting prosecuted and or pleading guilty and we are still being told that there was no voter fraud and January 6th also kind of culminated in part from five years of Trump Russia collusion so we had a side saying for five years that Trump colluded with Russia. It was still really big in the 2020 election, even though he supposedly did it in 2016. And then you also had individuals who were cheating and were being told over and over that cheating didn't happen, that Trump-Russia collusion was real. Do you think that the events of January 6th were in part conspiracy theory time because Democrats were pushing... False information. Yes. I believe your conspiracy theory. So if I believe it, then it's not a conspiracy. <laughs> well, well, now that two people believe it, it is a conspiracy. That's right. 
No, I just found it very interesting that the we had a false narrative for five years, Trump-Russia collusion. We had a false narrative that there was no election fraud and then it was no widespread voter fraud because we just never define what widespread is so then it never happened. So what else is there nothing of to see here? Well, and there were so many different figures bantied out there in 2020. I was just looking at one right now that I'm going to research. It said there were 212 million registered voters and 66.2% voting for a number of 14344. So if Trump ended up receiving 74 million votes, that leaves only 66.3 for Biden. So how do we have more votes than registered voters? The article said, Benny's tweet is proof that more people voted in 2020 nationwide than were actually registered or eligible to vote. But then they tried, Reuters tried to refudge or redo the numbers saying, no, you're misunderstanding actual voters from registered voters and, you know, live people versus dead people. So the numbers can't add up. But then when they ran their numbers, it was the same, only different. The number decreased in one area a little bit and increased in the other. The numbers for one were still large and there was a less amount for the other, which meant that there was 13 million duplicate vote votes or ballots. So either there was fraud, there wasn't fraud, um, dead people voted again. Well, there wasn't enough fraud to overturn an election, so there was some fraud. But if every local jurisdiction just had a little bit of fraud, a little bit goes a long way. Sorry. Yes, yes, it does. And it's hard to believe that a country that basically invented this kind of voting can't get it right. Ever. There's some issue every election cycle. I know in my heart that a man that never came out of his basement could not have garnered the amount of votes that he received. No, and I would have expected uh, Obama to receive more votes than Biden any day of the week. Absolutely. That was a historical vote, whether you liked him or not. There is no way that Joe Biden received more votes than Barack Obama. Well, and if you look at 2016, why didn't, admittedly, I will say I don't really like her, but why didn't Hillary Clinton, the first woman on a big-name party ticket that stood a chance of being president, why didn't she garner enough people to go for her as the first woman? Because even her own party didn't want her. Oh, that's true. But you're talking the oldest, whitest man out there, and the party of not the old white man came out in droves for the oldest, whitest man out there. Okay, let's let's go. Uh, let's go to Facebook real quick. Facebook. Yeah, let's go to Facebook or what's it called now? Meta. Well, Meta is the parent company, okay. but Facebook itself is still Facebook. Well, they're now investigating one of their own, Cheryl Sandberg, for using Facebook resources for fourteen years. Doesn't say for her own personal gain, but it does. No, so sh- she yeah. is being investigated apparently for for her connections or using her connections for her wedding. For- she worked for Facebook for fourteen years. Yes, and so it's 
apparently out there that she may have used. Well, she was using her staff. Her position and her staff for her wedding. And private planes for personal travel, personal security at their home, which was paid for by the company. In 2021, Facebook paid nearly $9 million for her security at her homes and during personal travel. Okay, but when you're that high up, you, you, it might you be a part of her that. package. It should be a part of her package, absolutely. It's just somebody probably within Facebook that's upset at her and just threw something out there to see what would stick. So going back to a topic we've had on this show before, which was the sexual harassment probe of three students who used the wrong pronouns at a Wisconsin school. So they were being investigated for sexual harassment because one student used the wrong pronouns and another student stuck up for said first student. And then ultimately there were three students involved. So I guess they have now, the district has decided to drop the sexual harassment probe into a, whether or not using the wrong pronouns is worthy of a an investigation. Well, I don't think it is. If I call you a name, but if I call you Bob, you're like, my name's not Bob. And I'm like, Bob, I'm just going to call you Bob. Okay, fine. You don't want to be called Bob. I'll call you Michelle. You're like, I am not Michelle. And I call you Michelle. Is that sexual harassment or is that just me being a jerk? It's just you being a jerk. And by the way, that's the name I use when I'm out at a bar and I don't want to pay. When people ask what my name is, I say Bob Smith. Just Bob. so you know. So Bob is okay. Bobolinsky? Bobolinsky. <laughs> not Bob Smith. Bobolinsky. Bobolinsky. So do you remember the case of the illegal immigrant in San Francisco who was acquitted? Of the shooting death of Kate Steinel. Yes. They tried to come up with a law for her. So after getting acquitted, because apparently an individual who comes upon a gun and points it and pulls the trigger is not liable in understanding that that could have a negative consequence. He was the the individual. So he was an illegal immigrant, Jose Inez Garcia. Yes. He was um, then picked up and federally prosecuted. So that was a a local prosecution that he was found, uh, that he was acquitted for, for the murder. So the feds picked him up and he pled guilty ultimately to federal weapons charges. And so now he is, he was found guilty because of the plea he has spent the last seven years in jail awaiting trial or resolution. And by his pleading guilty, he was actually sentenced to seven years, so time has already been served. So he is going to be done with that charge now. He will be transported to Texas to face charges for failing to report his location to immigration officials on a separate case. I just find it quite interesting on how much money, time, effort, energy we have spent on an individual who was unlawfully present and then we don't want to find them guilty of murder because, you know, mean. And also it's San Francisco, so we don't actually want people to be held accountable. 
But we have spent so much time, effort, energy, financial resources on this person. And they we will spend more because it is going to take a while for him to go through the, the charges relating to not registering, being an unlawful immigrant, now having a federal conviction. We seem to afford a lot of rights to... Well, that's just one person. People. Yeah, certain groups. I say that's just one person. It's done magnified probably times a thousand. It's because we have it all wrong. We do everything backwards. Yeah, we seem to. And for the country that is anti-gun and wants guns to go away, when somebody who they like, which is or want to protect, that's a better way of putting it, someone that they want to protect commits a gun crime, they're acquitted. Yes, makes no sense. So you mentioned monkeypox a little bit ago. That I did. The Pentagon has confirmed its first known case of monkeypox in the U.S. military. Uh, it's pretty crazy. Active duty service member based in Germany just tested positive. He will quarantine. After the quarantine, which is about a week or two long, he will no longer be contagious. Well, it doesn't say he or she, just as a member person. They will, yeah. they will no longer be they contagious. They will no longer be contagious. Oh, it actually lasts two to four weeks, so about Oh, continue. Okay, so they'll have to wait quite some time to uh, get over that, get over the contagion period. wonder if they make them use their leave. No, not when it's medical. You don't have to use anything having to do with a medical diagnosis in the military. You don't use your leave. That I do know. Okay, I believe you. You should. I do, occasionally. So we are at the 80th anniversary of the victory at Midway. And the it, it just passed, so on June 6th. On June 6th, we had the 78th anniversary of the Normandy invasion. And better known, I most know that as D-Day. 80th anniversary of the Battle of Midway. That was on June 4th, 1942. It ended on June 7th, and it represented a kind of a turning point in the Pacific Theater. So the Navy just did a celebration or a remembrance of the Battle of Midway. I can't believe it was 80 years ago. And unfortunately, those young men from back then who are now old seniors are dying at the pace if there is very many of them left of I believe it's a thousand a day. Well, you have to figure if they were there, assuming that they were eighteen when they were there, and it was eighty years ago, they would be ninety-eight years old today. So they, uh, it's a blessing that we had the greatest generation. But it is not a surprise, unfortunately, at the rate that they are dying because they are in that period of life. Yes. The twilight years. And for those who don't know, Midway is about a thousand miles northwest of Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. The Navy took several heavy losses while while U.S. forces were responding. They took losses on the USS Enterprise and USS Yorktown while engaging with some Japanese carriers. You think they get along now? We Do you mean... Us in Japan? Yes. 
So, yes, we do. After the new constitution in Japan was signed in 1946, there has been a lot of changes there where now we are closer with Japan than we are with China. And arguably we were closer with China at the time because they were also being pursued by Japanese individuals. So we they were being China was being attacked by Japanese individuals and the US ultimately was attacked by Japanese individuals. And now we have a relationship and we actually work with the Japanese and we do co drills and uh, we also work with South Korea and in fact Biden just went to South Korea not too long ago to talk about those relations in a unified front against North Korea. So it's quite interesting how over those years it's changed. People reconcile. Well, here's a number for you. How many World War II veterans are still alive as of 2021? How many? 240,000 surviving in the U.S. out of worldwide 70 million that fought in World War II. It was quite the global war. It was huge. So do you think there's anybody still alive from World War I? Mathematically, yes, it's a possibility. So the last combat veteran was Claude Coles, who served in the British Royal Navy and later the Royal Australian Navy. He died 5 May 2011 at age 110. I did not know that. The last veteran who served in the trenches was Harry Patch, British Army. He died 25 July 2009 at 111. Excuse me, getting choked up at 111. Wow. And just think if we would uh, keep our food, air, and water clean, I wonder how long we'd live. And no wars. Yeah, no wars would be much appreciated. It'd be nice to have a military just to have a military to protect your borders, to not do anything. We have one just to have one for the alien invasion. Keep our space force. Keep our space force alive and well. So we are heading into summer. And Dirt Sailor, the podcast, will be taking a break for the summer. We will have specials that will be coming out over uh, over the course of the next couple of weeks. Dirt Sailor Shannon and her family are going to be going on a road trip. You're taking me on a trip? Oh, wrong part of the family. (laughs) (laughs) You are loved, but no. Someone's got to watch my dogs. You had more room in your minivan. Yeah, if I had more room in my minivan, you could come. AKA SUV. So we are actually taking a road trip, which will take us all across the southern United States uh, for about a period of six weeks or so. So during the hiatus, we will try to get special special episodes out so please watch for those but one thing that we will not be doing during this time is taking an all-electric vehicle on a road trip across the United States why not well it turns out that when you try to take an all-electric vehicle on a road trip you will spend more time trying to find charging stations and trying to charge a vehicle than you are to spend sleeping. And that's uh, assuming you get eight hours a night at least of sleep. A Wall Street Journal reporter actually tried to go from New Orleans, Louisiana to Chicago, Illinois in a brand new Kia EV6. 
and test out the current electric vehicle capabilities, public charging infrastructure, etc. And she said that she spent more time trying to find charging ports than she did actually sleeping. And that was because there would be notes that the charging port was a quick charge station and it wasn't, or that the charging ports just were non-existent or didn't work very well, were out of order, etc. So it became a very difficult trip. The negative about our trip, though, is we are seeing some of the highest gas prices ever. So we will have to try, we will have to reduce in other areas and probably not go to as many places as we had planned. Uh, But we look forward to telling you about our trip and about our summer. Nice. Have a good time. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. Keep sending us your Facebook messages, Instagram messages. We look forward to hearing from you. Anything you would like to hear on season two, just let us know. Amen. Have a great day. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.